Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Leaders of Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ferraro, and today we have an amazing guest, a close friend of mine, Craig Go from Remax Heritage in Westport. We're going to be going over everything Web 3.0, the blockchain, cryptocurrency, and non-fungible tokens. And since we're both realtors, we're going to be talking a lot about the metaverse and digital real estate. Craig o, how are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. I'm doing well. Yeah, man. I mean, I uh, I think that uh, the timing could not be better to talk about these topics and talking about it with somebody like you, a person that uh, we've known, person I've known for a long time in the business. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And uh, we both had our start at a certain brokerage. Uh, we went our different ways, but always stayed in contact and love the content that you produce and you have been producing on your podcast. So it's an honor to be with you and share with you or bestow some of my knowledge upon some of your listeners and uh, truly connect and talk a little bit about the metaverse. And can I just throw it out there? Should we talk first about um, uh, real estate in the metaverse? Should we start there? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we should, seeing how I think really like I don't know much about it. I don't think people know much about it. My first impression of it is like, and I, I made a couple of videos on social media about this, that I do think there's a lot of the same principles that are involved in real estate are involved in digital real estate and the metaverse. You just, instead of, you know, buying a house next to a highway, you just might, you know, buy a building next to a rocket ship or something like that. Correct. And I get the principles as a gamer and as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, like, oh, this is really, this is cool. Because a lot of the people in our generation are the ones creating a lot of the ideas now that they're actually getting to fulfill. So, um, but yes, let's jump into it. So learn us, learn us on uh, the metaverse and digital real estate. So there are many different blockchains. Uh, in particular today, we'll probably just talk about the Ethereum uh, blockchain, which is an ERC-20 token. Uh, so I got into a project, and there are many out there, uh, but the one that I got into probably about two and a half weeks ago is called the Metroverse. Metroverse, uh, you can buy plots of land, and in this particular, you're buying blocks of land, 10 by 10 parcels. And Sandbox and Decentraland, they did the same, and they also operate on the Ethereum blockchain. And people are like, okay, well, where, where do I get this land? And then we'll work back from there. You can go on OpenSea or any other platform uh, that uh, sells, buys and sells these uh, land, uh, just like other types of non-fungible tokens, which is these are non-fungibles, these pieces of land. But in with these pieces of land, you can build on them. So such as Sandbox, you can put things into the land, such as uh, Atari has big stakes in it. Uh, Snoop Dogg is very big in this space, and later this year, he'll be selling a non-fungible token uh, where when you buy that NFT of that home, you actually own the mansion in real life in Miami. So very excited to see what happens wow. with that. Uh, in particular, the Metroverse plot that I bought, um, I bought two parcels, one with one of my uh, business partners. And so basically right now, we are staking these plots of land uh, on their platform. And with that, we're earning what they call their utility token. And that utility token can be swapped back out for to purchase Ethereum. And then you can take that Ethereum. It's all about collecting Ethereum. And it can then you can cash that out and uh, get your fiat and put it back into your bank account. Everybody loves that. Um, but these parcels of land, um, just like anything else, we always say in the real world of real estate, location, location. Yes, that is in part true, but with the Metroverse, you have an industrial, a residential, and a commercial score. And depending on that score and depending on the types of buildings uh, that you have in those plots of land, 
depends on the value of that land and how much when you go back to sell it at any point in time, how much it's worth. And so people will play the buy and sell game. And um, so we have these two plots of land. I'm waiting to see their next project that they're bringing out and uh, really studying that right now. Uh, but it's really exciting because what will end up happening long term, five years, 10 years down the, the road with any of these land projects is how are they integrated uh, into the metaverse when you throw on your VR goggle set and maybe you're earning a living at some point you have a, a building that is very valued where people want to put their virtual artwork, where they want to have a virtual concert. And you have a per plot of land where you're able to then earn real money in the real world. So it's very interesting to see how these the, the two dynamics of the metaverse of the metaverse and real world are going to play because they're going to come together and they're going to work very closely. And there's a lot of money being moved into this technology space. Uh, someone asked me the other day a really interesting question, Craig. Why are you in this? You know, you do real estate. I'm like, yeah. But I also remember as realtors, technology is very important for submitting offers, for getting paperwork signed. So as I, I like to say, it's the, um, you know, it's, it's a house of money. But more importantly, what I want people to understand about the blockchain before they try to understand about the real estate is that it's a store of information. All your personal documents, information, doctor's information, uh, insurance information, your house deed, eventually all of that will be on a particular blockchain. Right now, we have blockchains competing against each other, and Ethereum is like the Amazon of blockchains. So, right, um, right, right. so this Metroverse project, M-E-R-T-O-verse project, I'm very excited to see how it will continue to grow and evolve. And I'm excited just to have two plots of land. Uh, I don't think I need any more at this point in that particular area. I like to diversify uh, in um, my Metroverse or Metaverse properties as well as some of the non-fungible tokens that I get. So I was playing around with this um, after me and you talked. And first of all, I think that if you are a person who ever played the game The Sims growing up, remember that game, The Sims? This is like a, this is a 90s computer game, by the way. Right? I think it was the 90s. But the original Sims game was a, you were creating a world. Right, you created a world, and then the world can be used, and then there was like you could, you know, you'd have to build the roads so that the trucks can come in, so that the next businesses could be built, and then you have people that come into it, and you had news and everything. So the this the concepts when you're in Metroverse are interesting because on the left side it'll say like the different things that you can pick. Like, do you want? We talked about this. I think I said to you like, like, don't you think is there going to be wars and like crime and stuff in the metroverse and it's like of course so it's like oh well i want to have the one with all the armies and like you can do this and like it's interesting that i think people when they go in and start playing around and i started looking at at the metroverses and stuff i think people want to keep it simple like there's one metroverse and one piece of land and you know they don't want to they don't want to they don't realize that there's so many metroverses and so many different pieces of land just like there's so many towns and states and different types of locations provide different types of things that bring certain utility to people that they lifestyle. It's the same exact functions. So, and my question to you is, uh, on earth, uh, we only have a certain amount of land and you try to buy land. How does it work in the Metroverse? I mean, I'm guessing that someone could be like, well, there's not enough land. Let's just build more land. Like, is that how it works in there as well? Or is it, or is it a finite 
No, I, I think it's not a finite. Um, you can see it with token supply. You can see it when um, any NFT project will launch off, on average, I think 8,800 tokens all the way up to 10,000. Um, so I don't think, I think that can, it can grow exponentially. It just really depends on the monetization. But when you say people want to keep things simple, I think it's less than simple. I think it's so complicated. And I think like you bring good people with good intentions. And I think you have people that have evil. And in this space, for instance, one of the things that makes these projects really fly or catch, um, or catch wind is really their social proof on Discord and Twitter. Those are really the two places that people go to. And so last night I had a, my first student. I was really excited about it because I read about this. I, I consume as much content, but, but I want to be clear. I'm is equally balanced on my real estate and serving, most importantly, first, my real estate real-world client buy and sell needs. But in that, I do like to teach because I love to learn. And um, one of the things that I said is imagine I was teaching you Web 2.0. How much do you know about the, all the stuff we have going on right now on the Internet? And guarantee you know what you're aware of, but what you're, what you're not aware of is so much greater than what you know. And I think that's the one trick in this, in this world. And then I think when you start playing from a, a financial win-win um, game, a zero-sum win game, you have to understand security protocol. You have to make sure and verify that if you're hooking on with your wallet, that you're hooking on to a legitimate site because there are a lot of thieves in this, uh, in this site. And, and I think one of these days I want to, as I'm launching my uh, Coffee with Craig O podcast, is I want to interview uh, thieves in this space. Obviously, I'll have to keep them anonymous, but I want to I show the community how to protect because imagine I can just walk up Who's to Who's going to do that? I'm a networker. I'm a connector. I'm going to find somebody who's a real bad dude who's maybe turning the block. And I want to interview them because what I think is imagine I can come up to you in real life and I can reach into your pocket, grab your wallet. You can do nothing about it. And I walk away with your money. There's nothing scarier. And that's what's happening in this space. And so um, I think that's really um, that's an important thing is that people have to know first before they know what project should I get into? What's going to make me the money? You have to know how dangerous this area is and how to protect your money at all times because there's nothing worse than losing your money and there's nothing you can do about it if you do the wrong thing or click on the wrong button. Let's give, let's give people an idea of what financial um, level we're talking about for entry into these metroverses because you can have land that sells yeah, for so $700 to $2 million. Are you buying... $150 plots of land, or are you buying $10 million? Like what, what, what are we talking about? It depends on the blockchain. I'm actually, I'm actually going to have a, a, a meeting with my, my teacher at one o'clock. Um, yeah. I, uh, I found a really good teacher who, who knows this space pretty well. Um, so we're going to be talking about a different blockchain Elrod, but I won't even go there. So that, that blockchain there, you can make some serious money, but again, the risk uh, is maybe a little bit higher. So, for instance, with the Metroverse plots that I purchased, I was telling you about these blocks of land. Uh, I purchased each plot, plot, plot at uh, twenty-five hundred dollars. Uh, those plots, I think, right now are somewhere, I think, around four thousand. So they'll go up, they'll go down. Everything is somewhat contingent on the health of of Ethereum. Got it. Got it. So. So the health, so the health of the, so, so the actual, it, so it's like 
the amount of the dollar, right? If our if our dollar or fiat or you know if we have a healthy good economy, the real estate market goes up. There's a lot of different pieces that are involved in that. But if Ethereum's flying up, then it can help. It's not everything, and I want to say this because right now, as as our crypto coins are down, and I want to talk a little bit about crypto gaming because that proves a real world use case, and it also provides real world utility. But if we just kind of back that up, a lot of people who were heavily into crypto uh, kind of saw around the horizon that we were going to be dealing with some things from the Fed and that the government's trying to get their understanding around how to regulate and how to, how to, make, how to get money from uh, the crypto uh, people who are yeah. profiting. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's, yeah, I guess, yeah. especially when you step into the DeFi realm, it becomes a little bit more challenging. There is a thing called EtherScan. Uh, which tracks all um, which tracks all of those things. But what happens is, is if you have a particular project, a particular NFT, like Metroverse, I'm just going to stay on that one today. Uh, what it allows you to do is that even if Ethereum goes down, the price of those Metroverse plots uh, in that ecosystem can go up, and it can far exceed the cost, or it can go past where Ethereum was coming down. Because that was a question that I had myself. Uh, so it doesn't fully content. It doesn't fully base itself on Ethereum. But if Ethereum has a sharp and fast drop, it can definitely affect some of these NFT projects. Got it. Got it. So if you're just a person trying to understand, so so as a as a real estate agent, same as a lot of the principles that we would advise people on, and if you're just a person getting started. You can, I think people can wrap their heads around the same principles and, and they can work once they get on there. I think, and this was my experience, the, the, and I could be completely wrong, the barrier to start was difficult in that the directions were to take my money in my account and get it into a wallet that then needs to be locked into another site that then needs to go and then I can start the process. And literally people, I think for some people like, nope. Forget it. I'm already like, what are you talking about? You know, you, you're talking languages I don't understand and the process to get from one thing to the other thing. It's like the old AOL dial-up. You're just plugging in the old thing and you see that like people were like, forget it. I don't even know what that means. Is, is it simpler than people, uh, than people make it out to be? It's tough. It's tough. There's no question about it. So what we want to talk about first is um, centralized platforms like Coinbase, Voyager, Binance, so basically, you connect your bank account with one of those platforms. You then purchase the coin. Like, for instance, Coinbase is like the one that everybody knows of. I think Binance is a little more challenging. I'm just starting to hop into Binance. I've used it in, in the past, like in 2017, uh, when I first discovered uh, cryptocurrencies. Get this coin. Get that coin. I'm like, great. Let's get them. Um, but it was much more challenging to get them out when you needed to liquidate for whatever reason, whether there was a loss or a gain. So let's use Coinbase. You connect your wallet, you'll have to verify. But once you're on Coinbase, you can just stay there. And there are coins that you can pick, and it's much safer. Um, you're not as at risk. But once you then, there's a transfer button. And what I would tell people for the second step is, if you're going to watch anything, it's not the hottest coin or the hottest NFT. It's actually learning how to buy and sell and trade crypto DeFi. And so what I would tell people to do is MetaMask is one of the uh, apps that I use. Um, I also use a trust wallet, and there will be other wallets that I'll get as well. But when you know how to move back and forth Ethereum or another 
crypto that is connected to a particular wallet on a different blockchain. I just don't want to confuse people. Like Solana or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or Solana. I have Solana. Um, so what you're able to do is then you're able to then buy NFTs, you're able to buy crypto, and then eventually when you cash out on that particular wallet, you can do a transfer within that wallet uh, from one coin to the next and go back to Ethereum. You can then take the Ethereum and transfer it back to your um back to your Coinbase. And then when you transfer that Ethereum back to your Coinbase, you can cash out into USD. Um, and then you can also then buy other coins or you can take that USD and then put it back into your bank account. So it's like a four or five step process. But once you feel comfortable in DeFi, you know that you can always grab and capture your money, whether it's a, a gain or a loss, and put it back into your Coinbase, which is which I think for a lot of people makes them feel comfortable in the space. Super quick, explain what DeFi is. DeFi is um, it's 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 network. So when you think about centralized platform, you think of Coinbase. DeFi is when you're going into fully into Web 3.0. Um, so that would allow you then um, to not you're you're not a scene. Um, you're you're under the radar. Um, but again, that's where the criminals are out there waiting for you to mess up, waiting for you to click click quick click the wrong link in Discord. Uh, and then when you do, they have access to your wallet. So it's kind of like swimming out in the sea without a life vest. You can swim, but for so long. Where's your life vest? You know where it is? Good. Put it on. And so what I tell people is if you're going to start watching videos, start watching tutorials on how to buy and sell crypto, how to move your crypto from Coinbase to MetaMask, and learning about mm -hmm. all the things that MetaMask has to offer because you can quickly delete your account you can uh, quickly uh, reset your. You can send money to. You could send your. You could send your crypto somewhere. You just put yeah. in the wrong number. You had a copy and paste. They could. That's it. It's gone. Exactly. And the other thing is, is when you're in DeFi, say for instance, you have a real big moon bag. You know, it's like five, twenty, thirty x of what you bought it for, and you're sitting. You're like, you get excited. You're not thinking clearly. So you want to understand when you're watching these videos, you want to understand what your exit strategy is. And also, when you have a moon bag, you know, a big, you've, you've won, and you're not sure what to do, you get excited. So again, that thought process is gone. What happens? Well, in, in Etherscan, which is, it's a nonprofit uh, company, they track all wallet addresses. So I go, oh, look at this wallet address. So not like, look at Craig's wallet address. Oh, I'm going to drop this coin in there. If I click on that coin and I go to cash it in, guess what? They can take all the coins out of my wallet. So if you see a coin in your wallet that you don't recognize, don't touch it. Actually create a secondary or a third sub-wallet. So I have multi-wallets within a primary wallet, and then I have other secondary wallets that I can move that money to safely if I need to. But when you move things around, you're paying gas fees. Go ahead. Oh, gas fees is a whole – there's so much. I think – I think just for the layman, the the regular person, the, the problem is, is they get they a lot of people just figured out how to do online banking on apps, like with their own Wells Fargo. They just figured this out. They still don't know how to transfer money between even on apps. Like PayPal is like, whoa, this is crazy. PayPal, Venmo, really? And I think this is still okay to bring in, um, and 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 Gem like I'm a Gemini fan. I think Gemini for me is so easy. To, to figure out work. Gemini is easy to navigate. And, and I, I've, I've seen Gemini. I've never really been on it. But an interesting thing that you said is I only really started online banking but a few years ago. It was never comfortable. Yeah. I like to write a check. I like to go to the bank and deposit a check. Now I just take a picture with my camera and the right. checks. In the, it's like – so you know when people listen to me and they hear what I'm, I'm saying about this space, it's not as daunting. You just have to want to put in the time to learn it. And then there are so many in this space – 
on a very simple level, micro level, there are so many nuances, so many little things every day I have questions on that I'm just like literally bothering my network in this space to learn so that I can right. then share it with others. Right. Gotcha. So, and it's, 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 it's like you said, like I have a cousin who's very versed in this space and he's in the beginning, I was so frustrated with him because he made a lot of money, did well, love you cousin. And I would ask him and he'd take the time to go over it. And then eventually he, he'd say, he'd go, Mike, I'm not going to go into this further with you until you take the steps of learning and watching all these videos about money and then understand how the central banking system works. And then, and now when I'm talking about this, he goes, do your research prior because you have to learn. If I just keep telling you how to do all this different stuff and I'm tutorials all day long and like, I'll hold your hand and do not give me money. I'm not investing it for you. He would do <laughs> You got to do it. And it was yeah. the best thing that could have happened because it makes you have to learn. Yeah. My, my cousin Evan is, is who got me into this space in 2017 um, yeah, he allows me to bother him, but I think it's kind of nice when I can bring him maybe some information or a project that he had already seen. Maybe I'm verifying it from other people I spoke with. Um, but he's really confident in the space. But yeah. I think the most important thing to bring home is that if you want to learn, you really got to learn how, how the money moves, how the crypto and NFTs move in this space so you can do it safely. Right. We didn't talk about OpenSea. Right. We could have gone into that, how to, the rarity of traits, um, you know, different projects that I'm really excited about. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I, wanna, I, I think, I think for people in the, I think here's the thing. People want to go to like, all right, so you have tokens, we have wallets, we have digital real estate. We have this thing called metaverse. We have all these different things. And I think really the thing we should really talk about is every one of these are different things. There's a way you get involved with every one of these things. But the general understanding is basically, and let me see if I understand this, is Web 3.0. Like if you don't understand what Web 3.0 is, then you don't really know even what we're talking about. Correct. Right? Am I, am I right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, there's just so much that's, you know, in this space, I think everybody's just focused on the money aspect of the crypto and NFTs. But I think that there's, yeah. you know, as I say, a house of money, a store of information. And I think that's where people are, are going to get lost is that there are going to be things that will be related to... Um, information that might not be accessible to the entire public because I think in the next 10 years we'll be Web 3.0. Um, so five years out from that trans transition period, I mean, you look at what... Well, but explain that. Like, explain what, what, what the... Because... So go, let's talk about Web 2.0 to 3.0. Let's talk about where we are right, right. now. So if you think right. about Facebook, Instagram, yeah, they're owned by the same. You've got TikTok and you've got LinkedIn and you've got Twitter and you've got TikTok and there are many other platforms. You've got YouTube, which is incredible. Well, all of them are separate. And so if you think on the blockchain, at some point, all of these platforms are going to merge together a little more cohesively. So when I say, right. you know, a store of information, we get a lot of information, whether it's true information, false information, information is out there. And so information is going to be just accessed differently on web three. It's going to be accessed faster. Um, it's going to be smarter to you and what you're into or what your belief system is. So I think that's part of the, uh, store, uh, um, the store that we're going to see the store of information, the house of value is what everybody's focused on. Oh, where's that NFT? Where's that crypto? Oh my God, I got to make a moon bag. I got to get four and a half. Uh, 10x, 30x, 100x. So right now, everybody's focused on their greed. They're not focused on what can these projects do. So when I think about the metroverse or decentralized, a decentraland or sandbox, I'm looking at, well, what's the real world utility? 
So the real world utility is when you, for instance, um, you put a plot of land and with that plot of land, like Snoop Dogg is saying, you buy this NFT from us. And I think they're going to go through Christie's auction house or Sotheby's. I don't know which one. But what happens is now that you own this NFT, you also own this property in real life. You have access to water rights. Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk, another example. He did a fish uh, NFT. Now, these fish NFTs went for, I don't know, maybe five, ten thousand $10,000. And you could mint these NFTs before they hit the mainstream, right? So it's kind of like a, a pocket listing versus a listing hitting the MLS. When it hits the MLS, you're playing fair market value and you're competing against other people. The longer you hold it, for the number of years, depending on the economy, the better or worse you're going to do. But you have something that is um, that is that is fungible, non fungible, that you can then um, trade it back in for uh, for more money later, or you might lose money, um, but it's still worth something. Whereas it's not a car where it's a depreciable asset. So you buy a car in the metaverse, that car might grow in value. It depends on the project. It depends on its social proof. It's following from Twitter to Discord. So for me, how I'm learning this space is doing a lot of reading, conversating with a lot of people who are way more successful in this space than I am, and then connecting with them to figure out what's my next move. It's, it's the, so if I'm understanding, the web 1.0 was, here's the internet, right? Oh, this is a computer and all this different information can be AOL, done on different websites. Connecting, connecting so, to the modem. Well. That's web 1.0. Dot coms. Uh, 2.0, the dot coms. 2.0 was, was social media, information, Amazons, the, the ability to kind of bring everything a little bit tighter in together now. Um, to the point where web 3.0 is now going to be, are you, are you thinking... I guess it's hard for people to kind of understand, like, yeah. do I have to be part of Web 3.0 when I'm on a computer or can I be on Web 3.0 through that, my phone? Natural, and can I, do all this? I think, and again, this is kind of based on what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, is that that natural migration where people are going to find themselves uh, having to adapt different systems. So like when we went from the analog to the digital phone, you didn't get the choice. It was like at some point, Craig, your analog phone, it's done working. And so you better come into Verizon and go get your digital phone, right? That's what, that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, we got this thing called the smartphone. So if people remember that, it's, it's literally going to be the same play out of that. It's going to be the same rollout, just like as realtors. We'll get a new technology introduced to us, whether it's from our brokerage or whether it's outside. And we'll be like, hmm, does this work well in my life? Does this align with my values? Does this help to service our clients? Does this keep track of me? Because we're in a very busy informational world. I think where it makes people feel unsettled is we're now dealing with 5G. And 5G is very powerful. And there's a lot of people out there that are very much against it. I'm very neutral on things. I don't think I have an opinion one way or the other. But what I want to do is understand how does this affect. So the 5G in part is part of setting up for Web 3.0. Um, and in that, you're, you know, the connection of the real world and the metaverse they almost they come together where you're going to have these VR goggles. I mean, use Facebook, for example. Here's an interesting thing. They had this VR technology for years. But what happened is this Facebook was more focused on Instagram's growth and making money because we're in a capitalistic market than it was in actually developing these Oculus goggles. In one way, I think that was good because I don't want to detach from reality, whether I like what's going on or I don't. But I like the real-world utility. So coming back to that Gary Vee example of the fish – 
if I go in on this NFT and I have that and I walk up to the restaurant and I show them the fish on my phone um, and I pull it up, I will then have access to that restaurant. Now, I might have a rarity of a fish which gets me to the back room and gets me a free drink. Real Utility is real-world use case where you can convert it back into fiat. You have admission to certain places. There's exclusivity. And there's pros and cons to that. I don't always like exclusivity. I like a level for everybody to have an opportunity to come in. What I really love about this space and what really attracted me to it is that it's not a face or a name. Or if you go to a bank account, you give them your ID or they're judging you or they're saying, look at your history. We can't give you a bank account or we can't. In this space, you're just another number and another digit. And if you know how to move around in this space, you can make a lot of money. But everybody's focused just on that, the house of money, not the store of information. And the store of information answers to your question is, just like we went from AOL and a simple dial-up connection with the dot-com, and just like we evolved into Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, on our websites, I mean, on real estate, we have what controls more the narrative than we do? Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, all of these companies that put out these listings and then want to engage with us for some reason to just go see the house. Well, the metaverse is going to be no different. The metaverse is you get in part to create your reality. But the problem is, is where is the, the line going to be blurred? And, and that's the answer that I, I don't have. And, that's, and it's a scary one, and it keeps people up at night. But I think if you know about a space and you're aware of it, the big wave is coming in. You just want to know how this wave is going to hit the shore so maybe you can maybe get out of its way or maybe ride the wave um, if you think that it can make you some money. I think it is mind-blowing to think about the fact that we went from no computers to now having computers, from computers to then the internet, from the internet to the smartphone, and then everybody got hooked on the smartphone. And now we're literally talking about money and life to be made and have and lived in a virtual universe. And the, if you just follow the trends of everything, if you've ever seen Ready Player One, I think it was called that movie, um, if you looked at that movie, their whole lives were really about how do we gain status, live the best life, and do this inside of this virtual world that their actual real-life world, they were okay sleeping in these little pods the size of this room because it didn't really matter. Their actual world was less important because they spent all their time in the virtual world. So it was like, it doesn't really matter if I live in a $5,000 a month rent or $500 because my virtual world, I have 10 mansions. And it was almost like, it's crazy to think like, are we... It's like it's so many crazy things like what happens even in the virtual world if you have criminals, right? Let's say somebody mugs somebody in the virtual world. They have to like come back to the real world and like get in trouble for that. Like, yeah, I mean, again, it's such a rabbit hole that you could go down. I think we'll see criminals in that space. I mean, obviously, I don't think the the violence, but I think financial devastation is the murder in this space. And so when I'm working with I don't see it. When I'm working with a student, and, I, and I, every once in a while I'll take on students just to show them the space because it takes a long time to explain it. And then when you throw a concept at somebody like me every day, I'm like, what, what is that? I don't understand. How do I do this? And I, literally I won't stop until I figure it out. Uh, but again, my core focus is our and is my our client base and making sure that in the real world they're buying and selling residential property and they're making good decisions. But what I love about this space that we're in is trying to figure out where are we going technology-wise? And I think that's limitless, just like there will be new criminals on the horizon. Uh, but I think it's financial murder, which is the concern. So I would tell people, understand how money is exchanged. 
uh, and really you understand that on different blockchains and how you can figure out um, how to protect yourself if you decide to partake in this space and also speak with someone who is more knowledgeable than you. And I do that every day by talking to people who know way more than me. And I'm fortunate enough to know them. And I was fortunate enough to be the networker and connector to get in front of the right people. Um, so I'm excited that um, that I was able to kind of, I guess, share some some insight with you. And again, I think people will come away from this yeah. podcast being like, that's a lot of information. There's a ton. We need to do another one on this. Um, real quick before you go, something that's maybe easy for people to digest on the way out is since you do look at the space, nobody really knows, right? But what do you think the predictions are for let's say 2022 and Bitcoin and Ethereum, let's just pick those two. Like, where do you think we're going in those two? So there were three, there were three big companies out there yesterday. I was reading one company said that it'll hit four to 5,000. Another company said, uh, seven to seven to nine. And then another company said 15 to 20,000. Um, but last year they were predicting some of these same companies might've been predicting a hundred thousand, uh, into 2022. So I think every, yeah, but I think everything hedges on the fed, right? Because the suppression of fiat, stops money from coming into this space scare and panic just like this space by the way well let's talk mm. about the pre impetus and i'll come back that what got crypto and nfts and metaverse going so fast it was the pandemic people had to spend time at home safest thing you do stay inside and let's figure this out and this is really what drove the vehicle for driving what we're seeing right now happening in this space um so to answer that i would say that if, if the Fed, you know, lightens up and we see that people are feeling confident in our economy, we need good news. We kind of like just came through, you know, a two-year craziness and we're still, uh, we're going to come out, it's going to be a new normal. But depending on how the Fed moves, depending on, you know, job numbers, depending on, um, you know, depending on where people are feeling they want to put their money, I feel like probably the safest bet this year would be finding some NFT projects to put your money into that you think or consider when you do your due diligence are blue chips. I think with cryptocurrencies, and one of the things I did want to talk to you about was crypto gaming coins. So I'll just leave it on. Look at crypto gaming coins because they show use case in the metaverse. And I'm not saying that our real world is going to be overtaken by the metaverse, but it's coming to work with us. So maybe it's a 70-30, right? 30% metaverse and 70% real world. So that's one of the things that we might be seeing in this space um, is that there's going to be a delineation. You, you, hey, honey, I'm going to work. You throw on your VR goggles, and your job is in the metaverse making sure that the painting that someone had, an NFT painting that someone has in this particular gallery, um, that, that it's safe, uh, that it's protected, or that there's a concert going on across the street in the metaverse. So it's going to get really quacky. And I, that's why I don't think this is going to happen because you, in order to have mass adoption, you have to have mass acceptance. When you have mass acceptance, these things will go faster. And again, just like the pandemic, this got this into motion. But I also, again, there's nothing like real life of hugging somebody in the real world and looking them in the face and having a cup of coffee in person. That's And for me, I don't want people to, Craig, you want to go to the metaverse? No, but it's going to be here. And you have to understand how to work with it. And that's that's the biggest thing I, I at least want to finish on is it's part of our life, but it's not our whole life. This is going to be a wild, and this is like a 25, 50 year thing. It's going to be wild to see this because I tell you, maybe I'm just crazy. Remember all the conversations everybody used to have of like, you watch too much TV, play too many video games. You spend too much time in that world. Then it turned to do spend too much time on your phone. 
And then it turns out you want to text more than you want to call. And then. So think about this. Imagine that there are big money, big money corporations that will find uh, an artist. There's actually a young artist, a 13 year old young girl. She's amazing. And she has a couple projects that she put out. Well, she's getting signed by a really big company. Um, so there's no such thing as a starving artist anymore because when you do sell an NFT and you resell it, there's actually a royalty being paid to that artist. So the starving artist, mm. if they hop into the space and they're with the right people, the right team who know how to market and network their project and get it out there, sky's the limit. There has to be a use case and there has to be real world utility. There has to be something special to that project. Well, I believe that digital real estate, digital real estate brokerages, companies, the people that are in the know now, like what you're doing and putting out is the future of our business. I, um, I, I agree. I, I agree. And the, and the other thing that I keep reading every day, um, because I, I set up my Google alerts. That's one of the my, one of my little cheat sheets I'll share with you. It's just I set it up for real estate and I set it up for cryptos and NFTs and the metaverse. Land, land sales. And if you have land in the metaverse, they are feeling very confident, not a guarantee, but feeling confident that those will be the biggest gainers of profit in that space. They feel confident, but mind you, if there's something manipulated by the Fed or something changes, that goes to zero. But the confidence in purchasing plots of land on the metaverse are very high, and it's not about short-term gain. It's about long-term hold and the utility and the growth of that project and what they're aiming to do. This is a conversation we have to pick up because my brain can just go. I want to have a free-flowing dialogue with you one day and just like do an hour of just like, do you think this could happen? What about this? What about this? Like, do you think the group, the country could eventually segregate itself into the virtual people and the people who are like, I don't do that. And then you have these people who like, it's, it's, who it's like already, get together. Think about it this way. It's, it already has, and, and, and I'm very neutral on politics. It's already happened. Um, you look around you, people have difference of thought. What I'm looking for is a day that people go, hey, I don't agree with you, but we're good. You know, I accept your, it's when people are unkind or disrespectful towards others that I see the problem or I have a problem with that. So um, yeah. we've already seen a separation in a lot of different ways, um, and we see it play out all the time. So the metaverse will add a new complexity or dimension to it, but I think it will overtake over time all the other um, things that separate people. Um, but I, I think yeah. there's a balance in between. And when I was asked this by my friend you know, the other day, you know, Craig, what do you want to be in the metaverse? I'm like, you're on Facebook. Like, you don't talk to me. If you're on social media and you have a smartphone, if you're not a, a, an Amish or a Mennonite, don't say anything to me. You have a phone just like me. I'm just learning how to utilize it to grow, make money, and show other people opportunities of how to do just the same. Yeah, I love it. Craig O, once again, drop a knowledge. Where can people um, learn more about you, get a hold of you, plug a little bit of the places to So see right it. now I'm actually uh, um, at Downtime TV, uh, which is in the Knowlton building. My friend Sharon Knowlton's built, uh, Sharon Nicholson, we call him Sharon Knowlton, Sharon Nicholson's building. It's called the Knowlton. It's a building of arts and entertainment in Bridgeport. So we're actually talking about working on some projects together and developing my social media even further. But people can just connect with me on Facebook, Craig Oshran. Connect me on LinkedIn, Craig Oshran. Connect with me on Instagram, Craig Oshran. Uh, I keep it simple in that regard. 
Beautiful. And you, you promised to come back, right? I promised to come back. You're my friend. I mean, we, we bonded in this space. You know, I wanted to share one last thing, though. One last thing. I remember very early on, you know, my, my growth started a little bit later than yours. But I remember you came into the office and there were people like going, who does this guy think he is? Because you would talk these big things. Guys, if you haven't seen Michael Ferrero's Facebook page and you don't know what he's selling, you don't know. You're not in the know. I'm in the know. I'm, I'm honored to be here, my friend. Oh, well, thank you so much. And we're honored to have you. And uh, and we're absolutely going to have you back. And people, please reach out to Craig O if you have any questions. He just uh, We're going to leave all the links in the description. And uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and watching with us today. Until next time, take care. Take care.